Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Gang, we have got a fantastic episode today. We are talking about uh, something from the mailbag. We got reached out to uh, somebody said, hey, we hired a new veterinarian and I thought, yay! And they said, I think the staff may already be trying to undermine this vet and she hasn't even started yet. And I thought, no! And that is what we're talking about today. I am thrilled to unpack this and get into the headspace and the action steps that we can take right now to set our team up for success. Gang, before I do, though, I got to get a shout out. I got to get some love to Banfield, the Pet Hospital. Guys, they have stepped up and supported us in getting transcripts for both this podcast and the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast, which is the other podcast that I host. They do it uh, to increase accessibility and inclusion in our profession. That is a uh, that is a big uh Point for them right now is, is something that they are doing for our whole profession and industry and they stepped up and put their money where their mouth was and said how can we help you and I said hey this is a thing that people have asked for and uh, it's a it's a big lift for us and 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 Banfield said we got you buddy and they have made this happen so if you want transcripts for our podcast we got them head over to unchartedvet.com you can see all of our podcasts and you can see transcripts for those there feel free to share them help us get the word out but I just gotta give some love to Banfield because they didn't have to do that but they did and it is awesome so thanks to them gang without further ado let's get into this episode and now the uncharted podcast And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and Stephanie over before it starts, Gus. <laughs> well, that's a good one. How's it going, Andy? Oh, man, it's good. Uh, I can't I can't complain. Good. Except, well, uh, hold on, let me, <laughs> yep, yeah, I can. Uh, I, it's uh, spring is springing all around me, and it is gorgeous, but I am getting hit with some allergies. Um, I just got the... The itchy, runny nose. And it's like, yep, I take my antihistamine every day. And the pollen of South Carolina laughs at it. <laughs> well, I am jealous of your springtime because uh, we had snow yesterday. Yeah. So <laughs> I will. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to some warm Greenville weather. So uh, I can't uh, can't wait to see you guys, because when we are recording this, I will see you in a in a week in Greenville yep. for April Uncharted, which is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm super excited. But I, I would take some spring allergies over the snow and rain that we have had here this well, last week. When you, when you fly here, uh, you're just going to land in a cloud of pollen. Cloud like of you're pollen. going to come up. It's, you're, it's like when you come out of the clouds, except it's a big yellow Green, cloud. Yellow. Okay. And then you'll descend back into it. Okay. So I need to pack, pack my Claritin is what you're telling yeah. me. Oh, okay. yeah. I'll be prepared. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, Okay, so we have got a great episode for this week. I am excited about this one. We got a letter from the mailbag uh, that came to us from uh, a friend and colleague that you and I both know uh, and who has been a repeat uh, contributor to the mailbag. And so I want to give this person an anonymous shout out because they have given us several great questions, which are awesome. And this is uh, no exception to that. Uh, They are uh, struggling with something. They are um, 
a medical director overseeing a couple of different locations and they are struggling because they have a new doctor who is going to be starting with them, which they're super excited about. Now, this new doctor uh, was a technician in the practice before they went to vet school, which is awesome, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. I, I love that when you have somebody who comes up through the team and who works for you as a, as a technician and then goes to vet school. So uh, they were a technician, they went to vet school, they are coming back to the practice and um, the, <laughs> this medical director is struggling because now that everything is set and in motion and the doctor has been uh, contracted and getting ready to start, now they are hearing feedback from some of the team who has worked with this doctor as a technician saying that they are not a good candidate, that they have a bad attitude, uh, that they previously were rough with some of the patients and animals. However, this medical, our, our friend who's a medical director is struggling because none of this was uh, shared previously when this person was working as a technician and none mm-hmm. of it was addressed with this doctor before they got hired. And so this medical director is looking at this going, okay, new doctor, new, you know, they just finished vet school, like clean slate, Right. And they are struggling because the team is looking at it from, or some of the team, from the perspective of, we have a history with this person and it is not a clean slate. We are not so happy about this. Mm-hmm. And this our, our friend is struggling with, how do I reconcile those two things? Um, because in their mind, the time to address it would have been when they were working as a technician and the behaviors were happening. And now that time has passed. And now the doctor is coming on board. And our friend who is a medical director is like, how do I, how do I handle uh, giving this person a clean slate to start new as a doctor uh, and set the tone properly with the team when there are members of the team who are looking at it like this doctor coming on board is going to be the end of the world. Yeah. One of just quick, quick side note. If you have not had the leadership experience of your team coming to you with something and you having the strong thought, this would have been good information yesterday like that. uh, That's waiting for you. That's coming. This would have been helpful six months ago. Uh, it's so funny that you say that because when I was reading this mailbag submission, I immediately <laughs> thought of one of those moments for myself <laughs> where I wanted to look at my team and shake them and say, oh, my God, you could have told me this three days ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, you're marrying that chick? Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> that, that choice. Like, oh, man, thanks, oh, buddy. Oh, so funny. So funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So how how do we how do we start? Right. How do we set this doctor up for success? Yeah. And how do we deal with the team's concerns? Because they are being vocal about it. And there are some of them maybe who are dead set that this is a bad choice. How do we change the tide here? How do we get this moving in a positive direction? Yeah. Uh, so, OK. Uh, I mean, the first thought is, um are you doing this? Yes or no? And it seems like the clear answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, the documents are signed. We have come all the way down this road. Right. I have a hard time. Again, I, I don't, I don't, unless there is some specific information that comes out that invalidates this person, which it doesn't sound like there is. It sounds like there's kind of some hearsay and some rumors. Right. But, but nothing specific that was, you know, ever 
levied against this person or has been brought forward, uh, that would that would change your mind. So at this point, are you gonna are you going forward or not? If the answer is yes, then I would say you're in this now, mm-hmm. right? And and just accepting where we are and, and making the first decision. You've got two options right now: do you move forward with this person or not? And it sounds like we're moving forward with them. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's just verify that that's the case. Because if we're not going to move forward with them, then say something sooner rather than later. Um, but decide what you're going to do. Yes or no? Are we in this? It sounds like we're in it. Mm-hmm. And so then the the first piece of advice I have is is don't get spun up, right? Like worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we're not going to do anything, but it means worrying for the sake of worrying and fluttering our hands and chewing our fingernails. That's not that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes about the vet clinic and you, you know, you see these scenarios and uh, the staff is all wound up and they're all running around and they, you know, they're still, they, they have strong feelings and, and, and let's be honest, a lot of times they have spun themselves up, meaning yeah. one person is like, this is going to be bad. Right. <laughs> and, and somebody else goes, oh my God. It's the, it's the chicken little. The sky is falling, yeah. right? It's oh, contagious. Yeah. The sky is falling. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, the sky <laughs> is going to fall. And, like, I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but I'd say, I will say I have seen that. 100%. A number of times, <laughs> you know. And, again, maybe this is all warranted and justified. We should do some research and we should do some digging and be like, what what exactly are we talking about here? But, um. To me, it kind of feels like we never heard about this, and now we're hearing about it now. And it, it, there, there may be some wind up. So look out for that. You know, I um I, when 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 I start to see stuff like this, I imagine the vet clinic as a fishbowl, <laughs> and you've got all your fish, and they're all just going in different. You know, they're all chasing each other around and going in different places, and they've all got these thoughts and concerns and ideas and stuff like that. And I think the I think the goal is the manager when you find yourself in that situation, or the goal is the leader, the medical director, or even just a you know a vet or a tech trying to keep your mind. I think the goal is to remember to try to be the bowl and don't be the fish. Because you can very easily become one of the fish that's streaking around the bowl from one place to another, as fish do. Um, <laughs> be the bowl. Like, yeah. hear the people, see the people, you know, let the let the people move around and, and their ideas move through your consciousness. Mm-hmm. But don't tie yourself up in this and don't become one of the chasers or the chased. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of the first thing is try to try to get some distance and some perspective on this thing. That's that's my first sort of piece of headspace. I love it. I love bo- I love both of those, like not getting spun up and and being being the bowl, not the fish, because it is I laugh really hard when you when you give the the chicken little or the the fish starting yeah. around the bowl example. But it's true. It's very easy to slip into that headspace of, oh, well, maybe I should worry about this. And this wasn't a thought that was in my mind two seconds ago. But now it's like the world is ending kind of thought. Like, it's really easy um, because we care, right? Yeah. We care. We care about our team. We care about the job we're doing. And so it was really easy to fall into that place of, oh, well, if I care, then I should worry about this. And there's enough to worry about. <laughs> I've messed this up both ways. Uh, I've messed this up both ways. I have a hundred percent messed it up by getting swept up into the anxiety sure. and the chicken and the sky is falling sure. and having a panic attack about you know what I mean about something that had not happened and did not happen. 
and did it, you know, and was never a problem. But sure. it was like, you know, oh my God, what if this thing happens and it turns out to be awful and this person is toxic and they, <laughs> they, they're they horrible to the pets and somehow we don't know about it and no one reports it. And right. Nothing <laughs> is done. And, no, you know, you go, well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> In what scenario is this person going to be horrible and toxic and, and not live up to our standards of care and do so repercussion free and under the radar of right, everyone Like you're else. not going like to know about it. Yeah. We're not going to know about it. And and I can tell you for a fact, like that's not going to be tolerated. Like we're not going to, it's not going to happen here. Yes. You know, like that's not who we are. And, and uh, so that, so I've, I've messed it up guy getting swept up into the anxiety, nervousness part. And I have also <clears> messed <throat> up by just crossing my arms and saying, you guys need to get over this. This is, we're going to do it and it's fine and stop it. Just stop panicking. Yes. That's uh, like, Say it's like, it's like crossing your arms and saying very earnestly, you need to calm down, <laughs> which is never a good idea. Sure. But yeah. but I have 100% crossed my arms and told the whole team they need to calm down. Simmer down. And, it is, it's, it's <laughs> calm. And, and, they, and they felt ignored, which ratcheted their panic up another three clicks, you know, because oh. they're like, and now the boss isn't listening to us. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I think our listeners just got some insight to uh, <laughs> what an uncharted team meeting could have looked like <laughs> when one of us was in a state of panic. <laughs> yeah, and so it is. But that's why I say the cheesy Zen thing about be the bowl. Yeah, it's because you do need to. You need to not sure. get sucked up into this, and at the same time, it needs to be a part of your thought process. So that people know that you're taking it seriously, because if these people feel dismissed, your staff, yes. they will panic, right? Because yes. remember, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of this stuff, it comes from fear of losing control. Yes. Your staff is panicking because this person is coming in and that if they're negative, we can't do anything about it and they're going to affect us and they're going to have this negative effect on the culture. And there's nothing that we can do is the idea. And so it's a loss of control. And when you cross your arms and say, look, this, this we're, we're doing this. I need everybody just to let this go. Um, you can make that feeling of lack of control worse. And so to your point, I think when we move into action steps, giving the team some feelings of control is an action step that we want to yeah. take that is part of making this work. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think um I think from a from a headspace perspective too, I think that um, you know, there's gotta be some mechanism to your point for people to feel that control and feel heard. And so, you know, I would probably it's kind of a headspace and an action step, but I, I would figure out how to how to hear them and mm -hmm. and and then tell them that you hear them you know mm -hmm. and those are those as action and headspace but i think it is really important to say okay this is an elephant in the room i don't want it to be an elephant i want to hear you so tell me tell me more and gather information you're not committing one way or another how you're going to solve the problem but you can absolutely make them feel heard and so i would if if our uh, medical director friend hasn't, and I, knowing them, I'm sure that they have, but create the opportunity for, for the team members, particularly the ones who are like running around screaming like Chicken Little, gas them. Hey, I want to hear more. Like, can you tell me more and gather the info? 
You know, you're not committing to anything. Just hear them out. Make them feel heard. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. The uh, the other part of it is uh, you can often elicit empathy in other people. And I think that that's a good idea. Yes. And so if this person is coming in, you know, saying to the staff, probably individually, you know, when you're talking to them and just say, hey, um, this person has been gone for four years and they've gone to veterinary school and they're most likely a different person than mm-hmm. when we knew them before. Yeah. I mean, it's been a good chunk of time and they've had a lot of life experiences and they've, you know, gotten training and, and support and, you know, and education in, in vet medicine. And like, it's very likely that this person is not going to be very similar to the person that you knew four years ago. Yeah. And imagine if that was you. Imagine if you went and you did something and you got training and years went by and people immediately held you to, you know, the worst thing that you had done or your worst days, you know, from from four years ago or yeah. five years ago, uh, you know, that that would be hard. And so, again, I'm not discounting what you're saying, but people do grow and they do change. And this is where we are now. And so we we owe it to this person to give them a to give them a fair shot, because it's what you would you would want if you were coming back in. And that's what I would want to give to you. And so we are going to pay attention. We are going to watch out for these behaviors because we know that there there have been reports in the past and we're going to pay attention. And at the same time, we are going to give some grace and we're going to let this person come in and do their best. And we're yeah. going to support them and mentor them and try to help them become the best doctor that they can possibly be. But I don't want to write them off before they've even set foot into the building. That just doesn't seem like a right thing to do or the way that we treat people. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is that even if there hasn't been um, a lot of time, like even if they were working, you know, during breaks and they were there in your practice this year, there's a big fundamental shift that can and does take place for a lot of people shifting from being a member of the paraprofessional team into being a being a doctor and i i have worked with people who have gone from being a technician or being a csr working in the practice to to being a doctor and even if they were working in my practice this year during their final year of vet school right on breaks or whatever i still have the opportunity to say to the team look their role is very different And here is the expectation that I have for them and the expectation that I am going to set with them as their boss and as their mentor and the person who is guiding them in this process. And and I would try and kind of talk through that with the team to, to say, like, don't think that I like please know that I hear you and mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to create the opportunity for there to be change for this person because there is a fundamental shift happening, not just in the four years that they went to vet school, right? Because we all change as a as a person over a four-year period. Sure. But, but especially, especially when we were young, in right, our 20s. Right. Well, the difference in me at 28 and me at 32 Right. I was a different person. Right. But, but I mean, I, I, we had a baby. <laughs> that, 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 that's part of it. But I, I was a very different person. Right. But also there is, there is uh, a, a shift and, and a change that is happening and changing roles from, from a member of the paraprofessional team to moving into a doctor role. So, so I think being, being uh, to your point, being vulnerable and, and talking to people about that and also, uh, also, you know, reminding them, hey, how how would you want to be treated is a really good way to to approach it. Um, and and talking to them about here's what I 
am going to do to set the stage in a positive way, right? So you're making them feel heard and you're giving them some reassurance and, and um, you know, asking for their commitment to buy into this process, right? Mm-hmm. And let that new page turn. Let's start over fresh. This person is a doctor and this is what yeah. that looks like in our practice. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just in the back of my mind, I sort of articulate this as like, um, well, two things. Number one, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, it would be interesting to put on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page. And I might do it. Uh, but like, I wonder what percentage of people uh, that, you, that you have seen in your clinic who were techs or assistants and then went to vet school and came back, uh, did they seem like different people? And I just, I, I would love to put that out there and be like, as a poll and be yeah. like, okay, think of, think of people you worked with and then they went to vet school and then they came back. Uh, were they the same person just with a white coat? Were they a little bit different or were they radically different? And I would be really fascinated. Uh, there's, there's <laughs> one in, there's one in my mind. And uh, it was a guy that uh, was an assistant and he went to vet school and he came back and man, he's a different person. You know, he, yeah. uh, he was, he was, a, he was a late, he's laid back, funny guy. And he went to vet school and he came back and not that he's not, it was wonderful, but he was n- no nonsense. You know, we're getting this right when he came back. And yeah. I was just like, wow, not bad. Just different. a radical shift yeah. over four years. I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. Just a different person. Yeah. But anyway, but that that that's uh that sort of part of it is um is that like I wonder I wonder how much of a shift um I wonder how much of a shift people see. The other the other part is, is it's just in the back of my head that um it's kind of rare for someone to work at a place and then go to vet school and then kind of come back to that place. And a lot of times people want to go to places that are different than sort of where they were before. And it's also rare that someone has a very positive experience while the team around them has a negative experience you know mm-hmm. like think about the time that you hung out with somebody and they really liked you and you didn't like them like it it doesn't happen a whole whole lot you know for the most part if someone really likes you you tend to like them and you know and, and it seems to be fairly mutual and so the fact that this person liked this practice enough to come back after they graduated, I go, huh? Yeah, that's just kind of interesting. And, and again, it just makes me wonder what was the experience when they were there because they liked it enough to come back when they clearly could have gone a lot of other places. Yeah, what does that what does that mean? So I don't know. And again, I I, I don't we don't have specifics on exactly what what people said or or things like that. But it just I can't help but roll that around in my mind a little bit of you know if this was super toxic world and you know then i wouldn't expect this person to come back no one's right. like oh it's miserable there let's sign back up right yeah no i i agree 100 percent, and that that makes sense and so i so i think that's i think that's worth looking at and i also think it, it might be worth um reminding the team gently figuring out figuring out how to remind them of that too like i, I hear you and not not in a way that makes them their concerns invalidated but yeah. like I I feel like if the relationship was so bad that nobody liked working with this person, that would have come out <laughs> before yeah. this point. And so I I hear you guys. I see you. I hear your concerns. I'm going to address them. We are going to talk about this. And this is, again, moving into action steps. But like, I, I see you. I hear you. And it's, we, we also kind of got to move on because nobody said anything then. <laughs> So yeah. I can only work with where we are now. And so here's yeah. what I can commit to you 
moving forward, right? It's about how do we how do we transition that conversation? But I agree with you. I feel like, and we don't know, but I feel like if it was an awful situation or there really was something super concerning um, beyond maybe some rough animal handling, which let's let's be honest, like I I have worked with team members and our and and even myself, like what I learned in terms of animal handling almost 20 years ago when I first started in the field sure. is radically different than what we're learning now. Mm-hmm. And even in just the last five years, the shifts in fear-free approaches yep. and low stress handling um, and the changes that we as an industry have made have come a long way. And in terms of everyone having exposure to those things. And so I think reminding the team like, look, we're we're all growing and changing and this is all changing and it like it doesn't do any of us any good to hyper focus on this. Here's what we can do moving forward. You know, again, it's solution oriented, but I think I think your point is is really good and um and worth reiterating to the team. And what, whether yeah. you do it one on one or you you know you're talking to a small group of them together, and circling them up and saying, "Hey, guys, I've heard your I've heard your concerns. I want to I want to hear them, and because I want to help you, you know, I want to come up with a plan to set this doctor off on the best foot possible. And I feel like if we don't talk this out, there would be potential that this would not start off on the right foot. And I don't want that. And I know you don't want that either. So yeah. let's talk this out and let's come up with a plan together for how are we going to start off on a with a clean slate, on a fresh page." and move forward together as a, as a team. I think that sounds great. Let's take a break and let's come back and let's do that. Okay, sounds good. Hey, Stephanie Goss, you got a second to talk about Guardian Vets? Yeah, what do you want to talk about? Man, I uh, I hear from people all the time that are overwhelmed because the phones never stop ringing. Yes. Um, and I'm sure you, you hear from these people as well. You know, like our caseload is blowing up and the doctors are busy and uh, the phones just don't stop. They never stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. I'm amazed by how uh, how few veterinarians know about Guardian Vets. This is a service where you have uh, registered technicians uh, who can jump in virtually and help you on the phones. You can flip the switch and uh, Guardian Vets can jump in and take some of the load off the front desk and they can handle your clients and get them booked for your appointments and give them support. And it really is a godsend. Pre-pandemic, it was amazing to me how many people hadn't heard about it for after hours call help. But at this point, I can't believe how many people don't realize that they are offering help during the daytime as well, which I would think right now is a huge benefit to practices because everybody is shorthanded. Everybody is drowning in phone calls. And so we talk about it. We've talked about Guardian Vets a lot on the podcast. And every time we do, we always get somebody who says, what is that? <laughs> Guys, if you're not familiar with Guardian Vets, if you think that you could use some help on the uh, on the phones or up the front desk, check them out. It's guardianvets.com. And uh, if you mention our podcast, me and Stephanie Goss, uh, you get a month free. So check it out, guardianvets.com. Two workshops coming at you from our dear friend, Dr. Tracy Sands. Tracy is passionate about amazing teams, building an intentional culture of appreciation, and that is exactly what she is going to talk to us about. She is leading uh, the first workshop, May 21st, and it is Retain Your Team, Speak the Languages of Appreciation in Your Workplace. She's going to talk to us and work with us on how to learn about the languages of appreciation, but also talk about how do they influence our team and clinic cultures. That is happening May 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. here on the West Coast. 
It is $99. You can participate if you are not an Uncharted member. And if you are an Uncharted member already, it's free as always. And part two is happening in June. It is June 25th. It is also a two hour workshop, also $99 for our non-members and free to our members. And it is be a part of a happier team, strategies to build an appreciation culture in your practice. So this is going to be an even more in-depth look at workplace appreciation, but the actual practical how do we apply it in our practices. To find out more, head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com. All right. So uh, we are ready to make a plan. Yeah. We talked about uh, we need we want we want to adjust the team's mindset a little bit to give some grace. Mm-hmm. We want to make them feel safe and make sure that they feel that their concerns are addressed. We want to set our new grad up for success. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that our patients are set up for success and that we're not going to have these problems, which again, um, if it sounds like I'm blowing them off, I, I'm, I'm definitely not. It's just when we don't have specifics and people are talking about things that are sort of subjective that happened years ago, yeah. you know, you go, I don't. I don't know. Again, if I'd had that information earlier on, it might have affected where we are. But here, here's where we are. Um, and so uh, how do we address the concerns in a way that's not undermining the new grad before they start and setting them up as, you know, uh, I'll put them on a house arrest their first day out of training? You yep. Know? Yep. Yeah. No, I love so, that. So, yeah. So, so a couple a couple of things that I, that I that I would do. I, I want to pick back up on your on your point and sort of the the conversation about like you know this vet knows you guys and she still chose to come and work here. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, a lot of times you can diffuse some of this stuff by pointing those things out to the staff and say, you know, it's it's I, I interesting to hear these concerns because this uh, Doctor Newgrad she really likes you guys. And she could have gone anywhere, but she wanted to come back and work here. Um, and so she obviously had a positive experience and she speaks very highly of you guys in the team and 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 wanting to be here. And so it's just interesting that you guys had a, a ne- such negative recollections and she obviously has positive recollections because because she's enthusiastic about coming back. Yeah. And that's just, it's just sort of a way to kind of put it back and be like, it's kind of like when you're like, I don't like this person. And somebody goes, well, they said such wonderful things about you. They're big, they're a big fan of yours. You're like, really? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Maybe they're, Maybe you're okay. Uh, I have a hundred percent been uh, I've been hangry. I'm a grumpy old man. I'm like, I don't like this person, and they're like, Andy, it's so good to see you again. I'm like, oh, hey, 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 you are charismatic. I do like, just, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not the only one who's been like, nah, 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 nah. sorry for and the then things like, I said when I was hangry. A hundred percent things when I'm hangry, and then someone is just nice to me, and I'm like. Uh, I was wrong about you. No, I I think that's totally, totally fair and and valid. And I and I think so. Our um, our mailbag writer um definitely is approaching it. I think from the right perspective, right? Which is okay. I gotta gotta talk to them about about this. I've got to make them feel heard, right? And so they said, I've already talked to them one on one, and I've validated their you know their concerns and. I've also discussed the fact that I feel like we can't hold somebody accountable now for stuff yeah. that happened in the past. <laughs> sure. The, you know, and that that is totally that, true. That wasn't, that wasn't reported and exactly. we don't 
and we don't have any information on. Yeah, exactly. And so and so they said, okay, I have this expectation that this is how we're going to set this person up for success and what that should look like. And so I think for from an action step perspective, I think that's a really smart approach. I think having the conversation, doing the headspace work, having them feel heard and validating Mm -hmm. their concerns. And then, okay, how do we move forward from here? And if you lay out, we're we're not going to address things that happened in the past now, right? you know, and we're going to start with clean slate and um, you lay out that plan and they are still like, this is, you know, of the opinion that this is going to be the end of the world, then I think that's a very different, it's a very different conversation Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's about uh, buy-in and support and positive attitude as a teammate. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, it's a very different feeling conversation than someone who just hasn't felt heard and validated and who is not sure what the plan is. And so I think it really is important to be able to tell your team and know what is your plan for developing a new grad? Like, what does that look like? And and sometimes it's providing the team insight because they don't mm-hmm. they don't always see what is happening behind the scenes. And this is a good opportunity for you as a leader to part the curtains a little bit and let mm-hmm. them see the magic, uh, you know, behind the curtain so that they understand this is what development looks like. These are the meetings we have. This is the structure. This is the kind of things we were talking about. And I want you to be active participants in that. So when things, when, when this person starts, when this Dr. Newgrad starts, if you have concerns, this is how I would like to address them. This is how I would like to know about them because I want to be able to talk about things in the moment, right? I want to yeah. be able to give course correction. I want to be able to say, hey, when we saw this case yesterday, you know, you were working with Sarah and she mentioned that, you know, this happened with the the patient. Tell me more about what happened because I want the ability to hear your side of the story. I want the ability to hear her side of the story. And then I want the ability to set her up for the best success possible by me supporting her as her mentor. And here's what that looks like. Here's what those conversations can look like. And and inviting the team to be a part of that conversation, I think is is really, really important. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So um, I, think, I think there's two pieces to it. There's one is, okay, this is how you guys are going to give me feedback on how the new graduate is doing. Yes. The other part is even, can I include the staff in the onboarding of the new graduate? Yes. And like that is really a way to, again, because it goes back to these people don't feel like they have control and they're worried about this person coming in. Can I give them a feel of control either by saying, hey, this is how you guys are going to give me feedback to let me know that things are going and that may be enough of a of a safety break that they're going to feel that they're going to feel safe or they're mm-hmm. going to feel like they have enough control like okay we have a voice we if if there are problems that we have a mechanism that we believe is going to be effective mm-hmm. like that that might be enough the the next part is just to sort of say hey when we talk about onboarding how can can we involve the staff? How can we have them uh, involved in what's going on? Uh, you know, can we, are we going to do rounds with the new grad and have the technicians come to the rounds as well? And we're all going to yes. be here together, you know, and things like that. And just sort of say, hey, we're going to we're going to bake this cake with everybody in it together. Uh, that's a terrible metaphor. I don't know. I, we're going to we're going to. We're going to peel this potato so that all the strips land in the same trash can. Uh, it's like <laughs> metaphor, metaphors that never caught on and took off. That's it. We're going to de-vein all the shrimp with the same knife. Um, oh. okay. 
fun one. I know. All right. <laughs> reel it back. <laughs> yeah, reel it back. Okay. Reel it All back right. in. But <laughs> no, the I, fact think, remains, I think that's, give, that's super give, fair. Yeah. Give, get, how can we get this in control? If yeah. their concern is this person's going to come in and, and tank the culture, hey, how are we going to communicate? And when we see behaviors, I think to your point is important. I don't want to find out about them a week later on. I want to find out about them, uh, you know, the day of. And let's be honest about what's probably going to happen. Right. Uh, even if this person tends to tends to be sort of a negative person, let's say they're going to come in and most people are going to come into a new job and be on their best behavior. Yes. And really try to be the veterinarian that they want to be coming out of that school. And so even though the staff is like, oh, my gosh, this person's probably going to come in and be their best self, at least for the first couple of months anyway, and everybody will calm down. And then we might start to see some bad behaviors creeping in as we do when people get comfortable in a job. We're just going to manage them. But that's the most likely outcome in all of this, you know? I think the other way, too, to actively get them bought in and participating in the process, the other thing that I might try is to ask them, okay, um, thinking about the concerns that we have, what can we do to train not only this new person who's stepping into a doctor role, but any member of our team mm-hmm. so that we don't have to address these concerns so that you guys feel like the education is there ahead of time and and get their participation and help in creating whether it is training or uh, protocols to address the concerns, right? So if they were like, hey, this rough, this this uh, handling of the patients was rough and here's what that looked like, say, okay, um, can we get them to help in the training piece of it? Because maybe, you know, m- maybe Kelsey is a rock star patient with naughty cats and maybe, you know, Dr. Newgrad was nervous handling naughty cats when she was here in the practice. So how can how can we have Kelsey help demonstrate and work on that with her so that it becomes a partnership, right? And it sure. becomes an opportunity for her to use her leadership skills and her and her her skills as as a technician to teach that new grad. I loved working with new grad doctors as a technician in the practice because for me it was an opportunity to to um work together. It wasn't yeah. about they're smarter than me. They're in a higher position than me. I can't teach them things. I always approached it very much from a place of how do I how do I teach you things that you need, and how do I learn things from you that I need so that we can work together? Yeah, and that has to come from leadership, right? Like that's not the technician being like, "Hey, no, let me show you how to yes. do this." It, it needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be part of the onboarding process. It needs to be part of mentorship. And I would even make that even larger, and, and it, it really depends on the team and what you're trying to do, but. If you are one of the practices that has a learning focus, which I always think is great, if you want low stress handling to be your learning focus for the team, Mm -hmm. then I think that that's a good thing is we've got a new doctor coming in. We're going to circle back up. We're going to be having some presentations on low stress handling. This is something that we're going to be prioritizing in our practice. We're not calling out the individual at all in any way, shape or form, but this provides us a platform for everybody to raise their game on low stress handling. And then it also gives us a platform to have conversations if we see uh, lapses in low stress handling. You know, a lot of times what's funny about, about say, quote unquote, rough, rough handling is uh, there's a lot of clinics that never do any formal training 
on animal restraint or animal handling. And then they say, oh, you know, this person, this person was, was, was rough with a cat. And sometimes if you don't give people better tools and they use the tools they have, again, it's almost like we've set this person up to fail. And yes. again, that doesn't excuse. And, and I'm, imagining, I'm imagining the best intention, which is this person is not trying to be rough, but right. they also are worried about, uh, but they're worried about getting hurt or they're right. worried about getting bitten or, or, they, or they don't realize the perception of the way that they're, that they're handling a patient, something like that. Yes. And it's just a lack, of, a lack of training, a lack of knowledge, a lack of awareness. And, and people say, well, they really, that this is unacceptable. And you say, yes, but is it on them or is it on the practice that right. never trained them and gave them guidance or set standards yes. about how we do this? And I think that's an interesting question. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I, I will say as a, as a manager, if you're not taking the opportunity, really any time that you have a new team member to try new things or to change things that didn't go right in the past and in leveraging that like you're you're missing a trick opportunity big time there because that is the best way to have a clean slate is be like hey look you know we have a new doctor starting and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this all together as a team you're not calling out any one person and you have the opportunity to all collectively get on the same page and the team can get united over that reasoning in a way that doesn't happen if you're like, hey, this week we're going to talk about, you know, fear-free behavior. It, it gives a it gives a reason for them to get bought in and participate actively um, from all sides without mm -hmm. it being about, hey, we had this incident happen with this one person. And so the whole team is going to get training as a result of this one person. It right. doesn't have that same feel. It has this feel of this is something that we are doing together to become better and and yeah. uh, a better version of our ourselves as a team. And so that is that is definitely one of those things that um, as a manager, I always looked for, ooh, hey, we have a new person starting or hey, we're trying a new uh, you know program or like let's take an opportunity to to use it. Uh, as a clean slate and and start over. So I, I think that that's super important. Um, and I think that getting them bought in and participating actively yeah. in the process really, um, really is helpful too. I agree. And, but I also really want to hammer on the point that you make, because I think that's really important. This is not something that we're doing. The whole team is getting trained because we don't trust Sarah. Right. You know, and it can't be that. Yeah. And I would just be upfront and I would say, this is not about that. Right. This is not about a new person coming in. I know that this is a, a, it is a concern that people have had. We are due for this. It seems like a good time. Uh, but, but yeah, this is not, Hey, we have concern about one person. So the whole team is going through training. This is honestly where our practice is going and what we need to do. And it's something you guys are showing interest in. And, uh, and so we are, we are doing this together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that that's really good. I think, I think in that same vein of sort of onboarding the person, uh, ask the other doctors to help mentor and support this person coming in, yes. you know, uh, and it's just, it's just getting other doctors on board. It's building a support network. Um, you know, people want to know what the expectations are and, uh, and having other doctors work with them and mentor them, um, and support them is a, is a great way to just kind of bring a new doctor in and, and to adapt them culturally to the practice. Mm -hmm. It's funny, you know, every practice has cultural norms about how we talk and how we, uh, you know, and how we talk about each other, how we treat each other, the things that we do. 
And if no one teaches you those cultural norms, you're going to have to stumble around until you find them. And we've all seen some awkward onboarding where someone has come in and they've kind of been awkward and they (laughs) they haven't really fit. And then then after, you know, months, they kind of figure out what's what's expected and they kind of get on board and everyone just sort of forgets the awkwardness of when they first arrived. But man, we could have avoided all of that. We could have streamlined that process by having having some mentorship, having somebody sort of take them in. Ask the new grad if they're open to mentoring and support. Ask them what they want to do to get up to speed. You know, um, I would really stress, I guess the way that I would take it is I would trust a new grad and say, hey, I know you've worked here before, but I don't want that to detract from the opportunities that you get to be successful and from the launch pad that you get and from the support that you get. Sure. It's easy to say you've been here and you know what's going on. I don't think that's fair to you. I think that that's shortchanging you in opportunities that you should have. Yes. And that's how I would phrase it. But I wouldn't allow the person just to slip in and go straight back to sort of what they've always done. I would yes. I would really kind of push them into being mentored and supported. And and in that same vein, the other thing that I would do is is call out the elephant in the room with the doctor in the sense that I would ask them, hey, coming into a practice that you have worked in before and working with team members that you have worked with before, is there anything that you are, uh, you know, thinking about or worried about or feeling challenged by stepping into this environment because you are not you're not walking into a brand new practice where you don't know anybody, right? Like call mm-hmm. call out the elephant in the room and ask them the same way that you're asking the team members who are voicing the concerns, you know, hey, tell me more. Like ask the, the ask Dr. Newgrad because maybe she has some concerns of her own and maybe she'll acknowledge it. You know, maybe she's got some things that she's thinking about. And again, this goes back to where we started in terms of the info gathering. Like it wouldn't be fair to have that conversation with, um, the technicians who are voicing the concerns and not also have a similar conversation with Dr. Newgrad. You don't have to say, I had a conversation with some of the technicians and they brought up these concerns. This yeah. is where the, this is where those, uh, you know, Yoda mind tricks come in, in handy, those kind of tools, but to say to them, Hey, you know, I want to make sure that you get, um, a, you get to start off to your point, Andy, on a, a good from a good launch pad. And yeah. you've worked in this practice. This is not your first time here. I don't want to assume, I don't want the team to assume um, that we're starting from a different place than we actually are. And I want it to be a clean slate for you. So is there anything that you're concerned about or any, you know, any thoughts or, or uh, you know, challenges, worries, whatever, let's, let's talk about it and yeah. just have an open converse, conversation. Yeah. Is, uh, is, how can I help you? And then there's the flip to that, which is, Hey, so you're coming in as a new doctor. Um, and here's how you can help me. You're a leader in the practice now. And I really want to make sure that we have a strong, positive culture. And I could I need your help as a leader in the practice. Can you help me uh, build a positive workplace, be supportive of the staff? You know, I I really need you to cheerlead for me and help keep morale up. And that's that's what I'm looking for, for a new doctor joining our team. Remember, relationships are a two way street. Right. And and but you can frame this as what support do you need from me? And maybe they'll throw you a bone, right? Yes. Maybe they'll give, give you what you need. Or if the, if the way that they do or whether they don't, they say, here, let me, let me ask you for help. 
because this is what I need help with. And this is what I'm looking for from you. This is, this is how you can help me. I want, I want to have a positive supportive culture here. And my doctors have got to be positive supportive culture leaders. And, and you can always bring me concerns and you can always voice your, your struggles. Um, but, but I do need us to be, but it, but it would help me greatly if you, if you led the culture charge on the ground. Yeah. And a lot of times it's amazing. Like when you ask someone and say, Hey, can you help me with this? Uh, will you, will you lead this, this charge? They, they'll, they will. And yes. even people who are, who, who may have a tendency to be a bit negative, if you say, this is what I'm struggling with. Yes. Can you help me in this way? They say, yes. Yeah. And then you're just opening the door to giving them feedback later on very gently. And so when things, if you start to hear negativity, things like that, you're not saying, hey, I need to talk to you about your negativity. You're saying, hey, you know, remember when you came on, I was asking for help. And, and, and you know that, that trying to build a positive and supportive workplace is the number one thing for me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see these behaviors or, or, or I'm, I'm feeling like that's, that's slipping. And I just wanted to bring it to your attention, ask you about it. And it, it's, it's again, by just laying that expectation, asking for help at the beginning, hopefully you'll never need to do that. Hopefully yeah. the person will come in and they'll be positive and happy and, and everything will go great and all of this will fade in the rear view. And nobody will even remember that it was a, a consideration five years ago. Um, it's, you know, laying some groundwork before you need it is never a bad idea. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's about it. Uh, yeah. You know, for me, the last thing is just go back to don't get wound up. Re- resist the urge to jump ahead. Yeah. And and that, that is one thing. And it can be sort of frustrating is uh, and this is where it gets sort of unfair to a person is if we get make preconceived notions about someone and they walk in and do some small thing yeah and everybody flies to 11 yep that that can be frustrating that can be hard the best thing is to hope that that doesn't happen and try to prime the situation by asking you know about about positivity i um yeah uh, that that's i've i've just seen that a lot you know it's confirmation yep. bias yeah people people they, they'll make a preconceived judgment about someone. And then as soon as that person does or says anything that sounds supportive of that bias, people will jump on it and go, yep, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. And again, that that's a that's a bias. And, and it's it's a pain in the rear to manage against. Uh, but just just be aware that that it is there. And, and again, we'll we'll work through it. But the big thing I would say to you as a leader is um, everybody should get treated fairly and and also in our standards should be upheld. And so the big things I say to the staff is, hey, you know the process, you know how this goes. Everybody gets treated fairly. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work through the process and we're gonna manage what comes. And and you know, one of the big things that I've said, I've said to you guys, you know, Stephanie and the team is we'll come to a place where we don't know what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Or we're we're making big changes in the organization or we're doing different things. And, you know, I, I've just found for me the only promise that I can make you uh for 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 my team is to say, you guys know I, I want you to be happy. And if something breaks, we're gonna fix it. Yeah. And and that's that's all I can promise you. And and it's I've found that to be I found that to be well received. Um but I think it's probably only well received if you actually do your best to fix it. Yeah. And and I and knowing our friend, I know that this is the case. And I, I would agree with you. And I, I would think the the last thing um would be I would probably ask the technicians, you know, whether you do it one on one with them individually or if there's, you know, two or three of them that are that are really um having some concerns, just saying to them, Hey guys, I need your help. 
I want this to be successful. I want you to be successful. I want you to be able to build a good relationship with Dr. Newgrad. As a doctor moving forward, I want you to be able to help teach her and lead. And I want this to be successful. Here's what I need from you. Yeah. And then just ask them for what you need. You know, talk about the fact that you need them to be open minded, that you, yeah. you know, you want them to assume good intent and, you know, and, and, tell them what that means to you, you know, and yeah. ask for their, ask for their participation, because then you can have an accountability conversation with them as you, as you go. If, if there really are concerns to your point, Andy, addressing their concerns. So if they, mm -hmm. if, you know, if things happen and there are concerns with Dr. Newgrad, uh, talking it, it out and addressing it quickly, you know, and not, and not, um, ignoring, ignoring their concerns, but also from their perspective, like, uh, you know, asking them for their help and, and support. And if they go to that place of like, yep, see, I knew this is what was going to happen. Say, remember, I asked for your help. This is an example of where I, I feel when you say this, it makes me feel like you're not actively on board and trying to help me. I, this is a, I, I need you to change your attitude. Like I need you to change mm -hmm. the words that you're using, the tone that you're using, whatever it is that is, that is frustrating, right? Because there, we are, humans and by nature we are going to change we're going to slip up when we're changing our habits and like they are thinking about this person in one way and you are asking them to change that habit and you're asking them to to have a fresh start they're probably going to slip up there's probably gonna be something that happens that sets one of them off and having the follow-up conversation becomes easier when you've had the conversation and laid the groundwork to start and say hey i i need your help i i would like you to get on board with me and this is what i need for that to happen yeah um it becomes easier to have those follow-up conversations yeah i com i completely agree so yeah awesome man oh, well, this thanks for a, talking through this with yeah, me yeah this was a good one i hope that uh i hope that our listener friend uh finds it helpful and um yeah have a fantastic rest of the week everybody awesome see you everybody take care and that is our episode is what we got i hope you got something out of it i hope you enjoyed it i always love these conversations man stephanie goss is amazing she is the best guys um i don't have anything else for you take care of yourselves be well take care of your team remember uh you can't make people happy but you do have the ability to make positive differences in the day of the people around you just with a kind word and a smile. Just be the person that you would want to work next to. I think that's, I'm just want to, I want to leave us with that because man, it just, it, 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 it was shown to me again today that, you know, we may not all have a ton of power, but we've got power to influence the people around us for, for good or for ill. And hey, just, let's just do some good. All right, guys, that's enough of that. Take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you soon.